Welcome back to another episode of Here by the Owl podcast. Today, Nikki and I are talking all things about the first day of school. We have a ton of awesome first day activities that we are so excited to share with you. So Nikki, why don't you start with the first one? All right. Yeah, we have a long list of activities. uh, And this could be first day, first three days. It's totally up to you. Some of these can even be modified as really cool activities to go with specific content. So really the sky's the limit here. Uh, I'm going to start with one activity that my, I do with my eighth grade class. In my school, eighth graders are, that's when they first join ag. And so this is called the name tent challenge. So students are given a sheet of paper that has the, the criteria and they're basically creating a name tent that they're gonna have on their desk. But the name tent requires some things. So it has to be able to hold a pencil. It has to at least be six inches long. It has to stand on its own so tape cannot hold it up. Your name tent has to clearly show your name and your name tent also has to show two things about yourself. Uh, so two of your favorite things, whatever that looks like for them. So they get one piece of paper. So it can be, um, I just use paper from my printer. It could be construction paper. If you give them cardstock, that's going to be a little bit heavier. might be easier to work with. They get one pipe cleaner. Uh, they get They get tape. I give them just a small section of tape and they, they can use that in any way, shape or form on their name tent. It's just, they're not allowed for that tape to be holding it up. They get a hole punch, markers and crayons, stickers, a ruler, and one pencil, and they get time to create. And it has to follow that criteria. It's pretty interesting to see what they come up with. And then I have a little evaluation later on that they evaluate up here. So they'll go around and say, okay, does the name 10 hold the pencil? Yes or no. It's just simple. Uh, It's, it's super fun. I play music while, while they're working. And then we use that for a couple days after just so I can learn the names. If you have a really big class, this is probably a really great way to, to get used to their names uh, pretty quickly. What I like to do at the end is I give them color coded stickers and they then go around and kind of evaluate their friends. So green would represent the coolest design. Red would represent the most creative and yellow could represent, I wish my name tent looked like this. And so they have to go put their colored sticker on, on the different name tents. They can't vote for themselves and they can't vote for somebody more than once. So it's pretty cool. You know, they're all positive things. So they just go around and stick their little stickers on somebody's name tent and, and do that. So simple little activity, really fun, gets them critically thinking and to be creative. And since it's so inexpensive, I would say you probably could even have your students do it at home too. Maybe you either have them, you know, if you're doing virtual learning, you just have them use a piece of paper at home, or maybe you send home a packet, however that looks. Yeah, for sure. 
Okay, so I would also preface this by saying that Nikki and I both have the philosophy that we don't talk about syllabus or rules or anything till probably day two or three. At least. Yeah, at least. If not, you know, we usually start on a Wednesday, so I might not even talk about that till the following Monday. Yeah. Um, We want it to be fun. We know kids are moving in and out. We want to keep the kids that that we can in our our class and show them how fun it's going to be. And... We also know that a lot of the teachers in the school are doing syllabus and rules on the first day, and we want our kids to to be able to enjoy that first day rather than hearing the syllabus in every single class. So my first one that I'm talking about is a popular one that a lot of people have probably already done, um, but it's breakout EDU. So if you don't know what a breakout box is, it's essentially an escape room in a box. So you can buy the breakout edu kit and it also comes with a subscription to the website that has tons of pre-made ones i use typically the pre-made ones on the first day of school because they're general their leadership i can use it in multiple classes however i want and students have to solve those clues together in groups um, or your whole class depending on your class size to unlock the different locks on the box there are also part is is there's digital so you folks going back digitally it's it's possible yeah for sure i've used some of those digital ones before too which is nice you could do on zoom you know breakout rooms or whatever where they have to um solve the digital one as well Uh, my kids really enjoy it and also i like to use breakout boxes or setting up my own escape room in my classroom kind of as reviews or in place of tests throughout the throughout the school year so i kind of set it up on that first day so students know how it works and they get to work with their classmates and I get to know them a little bit better too that way. Also once once you've done one you can create your own pretty easily using like a google form uh that's where they would go in and put their you know that's their digital codes so then you wouldn't even actually need to set up a physical box so there's there's a ton of different things I try to find some that relate to the content so one that I did with um, my Ag 3 class was an inventor patent one. Um, And so it kind of matched, you know, some of the content that we're going to be doing and uh, they really, they really enjoy it. In the resources, I'll share my Teach Ag Escape Room for everybody. So you'll get to see what that looks like in the resources as well. I'll also say if you have a limited budget, this is something Nikki has done too. If you go on an Amazon, you can find tons of different locks on there. You can make your own kits. You don't have to buy the you know, semi-expensive breakout EDU ones. I've also gotten grants to cover some of them. So that's an option as well. And there's also a ton of, if you just search escape room props on Amazon, I've ordered a ton of different things off of there that make it a little bit more fun at, you know, hide different things around the room to make it a little bit more interactive for the kids. Yeah. They, they love it when you can hide things around the room and get them up and moving and you're going to engage some kids that you can't engage in other ways. And it's, it's a ton of fun. Uh, Well, but Brianna and I do escape rooms for fun, like in our personal time. So it's fine. We're still cool though. The next one that, I, that I've used is we're going to actually put the links to two of our favorite books, Still More Activities That Teach and More Activities That Teach, 
and they also have one called activities that teach you know they're uh, basically hands-on activities that are educational practical and user-friendly which is everything that an egg teacher needs and wants one of them is the bridge activity super simple kids love it and it's all about problem solving which i love to incorporate in my classroom and you need about 30 minutes it by the time you get going and the amount of kids in your, in your class and how you modify this it could take a class period what you're going to do is they're going to be broke into groups and if you're virtual this is something easily that you can send home with your kids ahead of time and that they can do at their home to keep that engagement and have them doing hands-on things at home you could also maybe give them the materials ahead of time and say that they have to get these materials it depends on you know your what you feel is going to be equitable for your kids but so uh your your partners would sit across from each other and they're going to get two books 50 pennies two pieces of eight and a half by 11 paper just plain computer paper um printer paper uh and then they're gonna place the books lying flat between them and they have to be 10 inches apart so give them a ruler so they can measure that the challenge for them is that each person must create a bridge using the piece of paper that spans the distance between the two books so they can't move the books any closer together they can fold the paper however they like but it can't touch the ground and it must rest on top of the books once they have completed their bridge they need to see how many pennies it can support before the paper touches the ground or any of the pennies fall off. It is a ton of fun and you can modify it in, in different ways, allowing them, you know, maybe you want to focus on communication. So maybe you don't let the teams talk. And they have to try to build this bridge together without talking maybe the maybe they build it a second time and they get to modify their design uh, there's so many ways to do this and it's and it's a ton of fun make sure you have extra pennies because well if you're giving each group of kids 50 pennies you should be fine but i had a really small class one year so i just only got 50 pennies but we had a bridge that held them all. And so we wanted to see how much more it could hold. So then the next day, you know, they were really curious. So I, I had, I got more pennies so they could do that. And it's, it's a ton of fun. You can modify that. Uh, maybe you have all the teams graph their results. Maybe they get to have different trials. Maybe they test uh, different types of paper, printer paper, construction paper, cardstock. Uh, you can modify it and give them maybe some other materials. Maybe you give them a toothpick and you give them, um, you know, so many inches of tape. You know, you just, um, sky's the limit. They're, in this book, there's also discussion questions after, and you can relate that to your, to your class content. You know, how are you gonna problem, how are you gonna use the skills that you use in this uh, activity in this class uh, and, and go from there. Super fun, minimal resources, and it's unique. So that's the bridge activity. I think that segues really well into, you know, you were talking about graphing and everything. Um, another one of my, and usually this is sometimes first day, sometimes second day, quick thing that I have my students do. I use interactive notebooks in a lot of my classes. 
And I just buy the composition notebooks. They're like 25 cents at Walmart for all of my students, but they're all pretty boring. I mean, they're a black notebook. So I have my students either print out pictures from online or I've also gotten old magazines from the library and had my students cut out pictures that represent them to decorate their interactive notebooks. And that might be a fun activity to kind of pair with something that maybe you're gonna have your students graph or write down results because then you can teach them how to set up their interactive notebook as well after they're done decorating it. Yeah, I, I do mine a little differently, which is the best part of the, the interactive notebooks, is we actually, I set out different ag textbooks. And, you know, most of us don't actually give our kids a textbook. We just have them as resources. And so I set a bunch of them up, out. And we actually start with what makes an effective textbook cover is our, is our challenge question. And they walk around and they're answering the question, what is the purpose of a textbook cover? And so they're walking around jotting down notes, uh, sell books, you know, content. It has to show something about the content. Protection is obviously functional. Uh, it lets the reader know who the author is. Uh, they, they just jot all these down. And then we have a, a quick discussion about that and then we discuss what should the textbook cover include like what are the essential elements and then they say well it has to have a title all of these had titles and they go through and they make that and they I lay out all these examples and they look at them they draw a couple sketches and then we move into creating our interactive notebook cover so super fun get some really thinking about what you know what needs to go on there um their ag textbook cover because they're creating their own so i say that it has to have exploring agriculture it has to have their name and then it has to include photos images or graphics that represent themselves like what brianna does so uh and it, it's cool like, to see their creativity i would stay away from glitter just I think that's the general rule of thumb. Yeah. No glitter. In the I was like, you want glitter? Girl, you put glitter on there. Like, I support you. And she now is an advocate for no glitter because it was everywhere. Her backpack, her locker. She And she even sprayed it with, like, clear. It didn't. Nothing can stop glitter from getting everywhere. So Unrelated note, well, it's related to glitter, one of my favorite things to do during Christmas time is to wrap all my presents in glitter wrapping paper. So if you have a sister or a sibling who, you know, you're kind of a, you play pranks on each other or whatever. I always do that. Teaching for partner. Yeah. Yes. Then there's glitter everywhere and you can't get rid of it. So. Yeah. During distance learning, I sent little envelopes to all my students and I put confetti in there and some kids like ripped it right open and it was literally everywhere. And I was like, I did it. That's, I want them to think about me all summer as they're still, well, their parents are probably the ones picking it up now. So they're probably, maybe they're not thinking positively, but yeah. So super fun. Uh, make them make their textbook cover. They really think that's cool. And I always talk about like, we're creating our textbook together. Like what class you get to create your textbook? How cool is that? And so they love that. And it's really cool to see like between Brianna and I, the creativity of our kids. I'm going to move into the investigate the teacher. We're going to put a link um, for teachers pay teachers. And it's from right on with Miss G. 
And she's a English, right? She's an English teacher. I think, I think, so, I think yeah. she is. But she does this investigate the teacher activity. I modified it, but I wanted to highlight hers today because she just made it digital. So if you already own it, you can go re-download it and it's got digital, it's digital friendly for all of you folks that don't get to see your kids. Or if you're in a hybrid, this might be a really cool thing that they're doing when they're not in school because they're, you know, if you're doing AB days, AB weeks, whatever that looks like for you, this is friendly. I do this with my eighth graders and in my classroom, I have bulletin boards. I have an about me bulletin board where I print off pictures of things that I do. It also helps remind me that I have no hobbies that aren't related to ag ed. I have, uh, I've hung up my, my high school FFA jacket, my state officer jacket, pins. This, this summer I added a lot to that. I have all my degrees that I've received old pictures of me when I was an FFA member, uh, old pins, it just, it's everywhere in my room. It's kind of a shrine for myself, but it's fine. So they actually are walking around the room investigating the teacher. So the crime scene is the classroom and lab. And for this challenge, they're gathering evidence, six pieces of evidence from the suspect's room. And I talk it up. Also, you can buy crime scene tape, so throw some of that up. Before those kids walk in, they're going to be like, can we, like, can we come in? Yeah, why, why wouldn't you be able to? And they're like, well, there's this tape up, you know, really get the engagement going. Then I talk about, you're going to analyze each piece of evidence to determine what that reveals about the suspect, um, the class, and what that reveals about what you're going to learn this year. And... I just put made the most accurate detective win and it's fun. Like you just sit back and watch them walk around the room and they're like, you know, have the, their little sheet of paper and they're taking notes. And so basically they're looking and I, there's a couple things here. Our school was uh, focusing last year on power words and we found that our students aren't understanding certain vocab words on tests. So we needed to use them cross-curricularly. Cross-curricularly? Is that even a word? You know what I mean. I'm obviously not an English teacher. <laughs> so anyway, so I also use evidence, inference, artifact. I use those throughout the year. So it was a really good way for me to start building that foundation. So first, before they go, we talk about what is evidence? What does the word evidence mean? And then we define it. And they draw a picture to help them remember what that is. Same with artifact. And they draw a picture and inference. And they draw a picture. And then I let them go around the room. And they have to, for each, art, for each piece of evidence, they have to find an artifact. So that's the picture they're going to draw. So let's say they see my FFA jackets. So maybe they draw the FFA jacket. Describe the evidence. So they say... Um, there are two shadow boxes with FFA jackets displayed. And what inference do they make about that? She was very active in FFA in high school is their inference. They actually do that uh, six times. Then they're going to write a suspect bio and figure out what that means about me. Then I put them into groups and then they together put their bios together they don't know that. They think it's individual. They put that together. 
and then they're going to present their their bio about me. I've done it a couple of ways. I've had them presented the next day and then I try to pick a winner. One year I couldn't. Like they were all so good. So I was like, you all get prizes. Um, one time I just posted them in the office and staff members picked one that most described me, which was really cool. If you're virtual, they could record their bios on like Flipgrid and then you could watch them and kids could go vote on who, which one they think um, is the most accurate or you invite your staff members digitally to go watch all those videos. Sky's the limit and super fun. Right on with Miss G, modified it for digital and did a beautiful job. So we're gonna link that in our show notes and it's awesome. It is, it's a $1.75 and you'll own it forever and it's awesome. So yeah. it is really good. So spend the $1.75, you can turn it into your school. So that's the investigative teacher. I really like it. It's hard for kids because they're like, is this what I'm supposed to be writing? I'm like, I. I don't know, you're the detective. I'm just the suspect. So it really kind of gets them started and like, wow, you know, I gotta write this. And they realize that there's really, you know, no wrong answer here, so. And it's fun too, because obviously you want your students to get to know you. And mm -hmm. it's yeah. to stand up there and say, here's my PowerPoint. You get to listen to me talk about myself for 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And it's another to like actually have them moving around the room and and you make it fun because you have the crime tape and they're investigating and it's this big challenge that you're essentially accomplishing the same thing. Right. And it's cool to see what they're going to notice because every kid notices different things. Like one, one girl noticed just how colorful my room is and her inference is like, she, she likes to be fun and innovative and she's going to make every activity fun that, and I was like, I would have never, I would have never picked that out. Um, they get to walk around my whole classroom, the whole shop, um, the greenhouse. They see animals. So some kids will like draw the little hedgehog and she loves animals. Uh, we're going to get to learn about animals as their inference, whatever. So it's, it's really cool to see what sticks out as important to them. So you, you also learn about your kids too, because what jumps out to them as, you know, important kind of tells you who they are as a person. And it so. kind of tells them, tells you too what they're most excited for without asking yeah. them. Oh, you know, for like, sure. They're excited to learn about animals. So I'm going to focus on animals next week or, you know, however that works. Yeah. Love it. So the next two activities I'm going to kind of lump together. They're two that Nikki and I have both done several times and I learned them actually from Nikki, but I think Nikki learned them from the National Agri-Science Teacher Ambassador Program. Yep. So they are the Oreo lab and the bubblegum lab, two fun inquiry labs. They involve food. Obviously your students are going to be engaged from second one when they see Oreos sitting on your, you know, front desk or wherever you have them. So the Oreo lab, their challenge is to determine if double stuffed Oreos really are double stuffed. So they have to design their own experiments about how they're going to determine that. So I always have, obviously, a pack package of normal Oreos and then a package of double stuff Oreos. I'll have some scales out. I'll have... Um, calipers. You need calipers. Yep. Rulers. Um, just a bunch of random supplies I usually put out. And then they, they design their experiment from that. And it's kind of fun to let them kind of take ownership of that and see 
how they're going to design that experiment without you saying like, this is the recipe step-by-step you need to follow to determine if they actually are double stuffed. Is that kind of how you do it, Timothy? I do it with my eighth graders. So I actually give it, I, I take a little less inquiry and I give them, I kind of give them step-by-step. Uh, our friend Jenny Vandyhoven though, she does it with some older kids, I believe. And she opens it up. I mean, it's full inquiry and they're creating it. She even had a group of kids that they tested whether it was double stuff based on the licks it took to get rid of the cream. So they were like licking it and counting. I mean, you can do by weight licks. They measured like some kids weighed the Oreos with the cream and then they gently scraped the cream off and then weighed it. I mean, it's just super cool. Some kids will do one Oreo, some kids will do five so they can average it. I mean, you can open this up as to make it as inquiry-based as you want to. You could maybe walk them through it and then then open it up and allow them to create their own experiment after that. Uh, and, and that's a great way to scaffold if you're gonna do a lot of these things, like Brianna does a lot of these types of activities in her class, it's a great way for the scaffolding to happen there so then they feel more comfortable when you're gonna challenge them to do those other activities, so. Sure, and I think it was Wes Crawford at, he was one of the facilitators yeah. at National Science Teacher Ambassador Program last summer that I went to, and I think it was him that said that he makes sure the students um, do this lab the first day, it's exactly how he wants them to do it. They have to write the challenge question. They're making sure they're writing a, a proper hypothesis and conclusion and everything. And that way, every time they do a lab and they do it in their interactive notebooks, the next time they do a lab and they're wondering, he says, go back to the Oreo lab. So he's always referencing, it should be set up like how you set up the Oreo lab. So it kind of sets those expectations from day one. So that way your students know that this is how I want all the labs set up. This is how I should write the hypothesis. This is how I want you to write the conclusion. All of those different things. Yeah, shameless plug for National AgriScience Teacher Ambassador Program. If you have not applied, apply because it's life-changing. It's the best, yes. I mean, we could have an entire like podcast episode about how amazing it is. So maybe that's coming in the future. Who knows? But shameless plug, apply. Yeah. Uh, so do you want to talk about the bubblegum lab too? Yep. Yep. So the other inquiry lab that kind of goes along the same kind of thing is, is the bubblegum lab. And I think it's probably more inquiry than the Oreo one because how I set it up and I think how I learned it from Nikki is you just have all the materials at the front and they have to design their own experiments. So I've had some students, right? That's how you do it. Yeah. Yeah. I've had some students do like the mass, like before and after chewing um some t do kind of like the flavors so they might they might weigh the piece of gum before they chew it and then they weigh it after they chew it for two minutes or 50 times or however they they set up their experiment and you can also get multiple different flavors or brands so you can see which which uh brand is going to hold its flavor the longest and then you know kind of make some quote-unquote recommendations about okay, this is the brand that I want to buy from now on because it, you know, is way better than the double bubble that loses it in five seconds. Yeah, and kids love it. And they get to chew gum, always buy extra Oreos, always buy extra bubble gum. And they're going to, you know, always look forward to coming the next couple of days after that to do that. 
with the Oreo lab, there's Oreo thins. So if you wanted to expand that, bring in some Oreo thins. I just always buy some because that's my favorite Oreo. So they have like the mega stuff now too. Those oh yeah. Are, you know, so how many times bigger is the mega stuff from the, the original or the thin? Or maybe you do um, the birthday cake ones. Are those, do they have the same amount of cream as the original? Right. I mean, you can modify this and discuss, you know, it, how is this, if you're, if you're looking at multiple Oreos, is it consistent across the Oreo? If not, you know, is, is Oreo, is the Oreo company losing money? Like, are they, do they need to find a machine that's more consistent? You know, you can go on and on and on about this. Um, and I'm sure there's even videos out there of how they're made. So maybe they, you get to watch that afterwards. Uh, get creative. I'm going to talk about, first off, like a goal of Brianna and I's this year, because as we record this, it is the 31st of July. We really don't know how we're going back to school yet at all. We are, but we don't know how that's going to look. Our focus is to really build relationships and we already, we already did that before, but we're really going to spend some extra time because if we are pushed into virtual learning, those relationships are going to be so important. So one thing is uh, the pump up song playlist. Uh, Whitney Hans, or I always use, she's married, friends, Whitney Landman. Everyone's whatever. like, it's Landman. You've talked about her so much. I we know. Are- yeah, Whitney Landman. I still never call anybody by their married name, including myself. Whitney Landman at Learning with Landman on Instagram. She has this really cool activity where she asks her kids, like, what would be your pump up song? Like, if you're coming in, like, you're running into like your first NFL game or you're going in, you know, the ring for a big fight or, you know, she like talks it up, what would be your pump up song? has to be appropriate. What would be your pump up song? And then she takes those and she makes a playlist with them. And so then she has this massive playlist with music that she pre-listens to, to make sure it is appropriate, but that she then plays when her kids are doing these fun activities. So, you know, maybe they're doing the Oreo activity and now they're listening to all their pump up songs. So really simple would take you some time in the back end, but super fun. Uh, and your kids are going to be like, wow, you know, our teacher like likes our same music or, and it kind of gets you uh, to know them a little bit more. So super, super easy. Yeah. Or play it throughout the year randomly, you know, and then those kids will say like, oh, this is mine. You know, they get yeah. excited about it because it's their song, you know, it yeah. was pretty popular with the baseball team at my previous school. They did walk-up songs. So. Yeah. She might call it a walk-up song, maybe we don't have base. We don't really have baseball here. So Whitney, I probably, I probably called your whole activity wrong. So sorry. Well, we get the gist of it, but it is fun for kids to to be able to have some say in the music that's played. And And maybe have them pick a couple, you know, if you have a smaller class, like for me, I, I, I tend to have smaller classes. I might have them choose two. So my playlist is longer. You know, some of my classes might only be like, you know, five kids we'd have to listen to that playlist on repeat. So, you know, and you could do that throughout. Maybe that's a little exit ticket, you know, mid-year and maybe they have a new pump-up song that they want added, you know, so 
Well, or maybe, maybe that's how, if you're doing class presentations, you put that on shuffle and oh, for sure. the song comes on, it's her turn to give that creed. Like I didn't have to select that name. It's her pump up song that yeah, got played. I love that. Maybe it's for when you're presenting your interactive notebook or presenting your investigate the, the teacher results. I'm just going to put this on shuffle and whatever song comes on first, that person's got to come up here first. Or, or you have it quietly playing in the background when they are presenting something or working in the shop, whatever. Like they're, they're already like their mindset is going to change because they're hearing things that they chose and super fun. So thanks Whitney for sharing that. <laughs> Um, so, okay, next one is one that I do with my food science class, but I think you truly could do it with any class. Um, I have them decorate their little like cardboard cupcake boxes that I get on Amazon. I think I just searched cupcake box, honestly. And they have like a window on the top so you can see into the box, but the rest of the sides are closed and I have them decorate it. So typically I give them a scenario of decorate this how you would decorate it for a high school student. Like if a high school student was walking into the convenience store, what would make them want to buy that cupcake? That cupcake? Um, and I also do buy just the cheap like Hostess cupcakes from Walmart. I think you can get a pack of like 20 or 12 or whatever it is. I suppose you could also make cupcakes if you like to bake or if you, um, you know, just buy a package of cupcakes at the store and then the kids get to eat those two afterwards. But Nikki came up with a a fun idea of how you can modify this. Nikki, you want to kind of explain? Yeah. So if you're, if you're really focusing, maybe this is your pre-activity, you know, for a food science lesson. Uh, and it can be first week of school activity. I mean, you're the creator in your classroom. You get to do whatever you want. Uh, but we, we chatted about an engagement activity in one of the earlier episodes. We'll mention it here again, but it was just something we saw online and modified. So basically you're going to take a laundry basket and you're going to have sheets of paper of audience members for this cupcake. So maybe it says an ag teacher, maybe it says an elementary kid. Um, maybe it says somebody's, it's somebody's birthday. That's the audience, uh, somebody's wedding. So you have all these different audience members and you crumple those papers up, put them in this basket and you're going to introduce this activity here. You're going to be creating this cupcake box and you're going to get your kids like all pumps. Like here, I know what I'm going to do, but now they have this laundry basket roulette where they're going to have to reach in this and pull out one, you know, crumbled up piece of paper. Now they have, it has to appeal to this audience. So if they pull out and it's appealing to a keto, it has to be keto friendly. Well, now that that cupcake box has to look very different versus if it's going to be tailored towards, you know, an elementary kid for their birthday. So super fun, easy way to include some more engagement with that and challenge them. So now all your cupcake boxes are going to be essentially a little bit different. So yeah, no, I love that idea because when I, and I've never thought of doing it like that, I always give them one audience and you know, then they're kind of looking around the room and it's like, oh, Nikki has glitter on hers. I'm going to put glitter on mine too. Whereas when you have all these different audiences, then they're not all going to look the same and they're going to be different. And, and this could be a really great activity to move into ag sales as well. And we talked uh, in a previous episode about Brianna's snake oil game. 
with egg sales. So these would pair very well together. And yeah, super fun. And you get to eat cupcakes. So, I mean, can you go wrong? <laughs> I, yeah, and I've done it with my seniors and they love it too. So all ages, is it works for. Sweet. Okay. My next activity is... I got this when I participated in the Accelerate program. Rachel Salvala came and presented at our state and it was life-changing. So if you don't have a state level Accelerate, make sure you look online and you can apply to go to the National Accelerate. It's so great. Um, do it. But it's a story about the first day of school. So each kid, and this can be done in person or virtually, each kid is going to get a card with a word on it or a couple words. I mean, like tennis shoes would be an example. Water bottle, car keys. I modified this for COVID. So one says COVID-19. I had hand sanitizer in here. And they're each going to get one and they don't know what they're going to use it for yet. And you have them stand in a circle. If you're virtual, you might want to give them the order. Here's the order of who's going to go first. And their job is to go around the circle or go around the virtual classroom and create a story using the word. They need to start and end the day. So for this story, we are going to our first day of school. So the first person has to start the story off and they need to somehow start the day. And as you move around, you know, it should go through your morning, you should get to school, maybe something happens at school, now you gotta go home. So you start and end the day, that's the challenge. And you can make it harder. And so they have to remember what the first person said. So if I was the first person and I um, had uh, packet pickup, that was something we did during COVID. So I added that card. So I have packet pickup. I'm the first person in the circle to start. And I say, I wake up extra early so I can be the first one in line at packet pickup to get my school supplies for distance learning. Then Brianna's next and she has the word planner. So she has to state what I said. So she starts with saying, I wake up early, I wake up extra early to get to go to school and get in line for pack a pickup. Now she's got the word planner. Once I get home, I go through my packet and write all my due dates in my planner. Now the third person goes and they incorporate their their word. You could modify this and, uh, and, and make it any topic, you know, maybe, maybe this is the story of a tool, a new tool purchased by your ag department. So Brianna and I just got notified, we got year long service grants. And so, you know, maybe it's the story of, uh, this tower garden that we're going to purchase. So this tower garden is going to get introduced to the other tools in the greenhouse. And so it's the story of this tower garden getting introduced um, to other equipment and materials in the greenhouse. Maybe it's, you know, you purchase a brand new miter saw and that miter saw, it's this miter saw story to school. So get creative with it. It's really easy and it's virtual friendly as well. Yeah, I think that could definitely be added to like really any unit as well. Like maybe you're using 
more challenging um, concepts or vocab words from the unit that you've just taught that students have to incorporate into the story and they ha maybe have to use it in the right way. Like, you know, if you're talking about germination, like making sure that it makes sense how they're, how they're using that word. So the next one that I want to share is one that I got from Play Like a Pirate. So I just read Play Like a Pirate a week or two ago. Highly recommend it. It has awesome ideas. There's QR codes that you can scan for all these free resources. Awesome book. But one that I found in it that I thought would be kind of fun for a first day of school. And now the author, he's a history teacher. So he uses this for historical people in his content. But I thought it would be fun for a first day of school about the students. So it's an it's a action figure template is what we'll link into the, um, the show notes. And essentially, it's like if a student was going to a store and they're buying an action figure, or maybe it's a Barbie or however you want to set that up. Um, but it's about them. So they have to have a picture of themselves. There's a character biography that they have to put. So kind of some things about them, similar to like if you were reading an action figure box at the store. Um, there's a place that that's included with it that you have to like write or draw a picture of. So maybe you have a student who is a star athlete. So his quote unquote playset is the football field, or maybe it's a student who farms. So theirs is their tractor or a wheat field or whatever. Um, and then at the bottom, there's three boxes that say collect them all. So you could have them have you know, their friends on there, it could be family members, it could be their pets, or you could kind of take it a different route and have them add like accessories that come along with it or would come along with them. So maybe it's that football helmet, maybe it's an FFA jacket, um, some different accessories that, that are included in there. I think, I haven't done this yet because I just read that book, but I think it would be kind of fun for maybe your younger kids, your seventh through ninth graders, and you're trying to get to know them and, um, maybe you hang it around the room or whatnot. He does it with his sixth graders, I believe. Um, but yeah, so that would be kind of a fun thing for first day of school. Or I thought of two, like maybe it's important people in history in FFA, um, or maybe it's your chapter officers or whatever, if you're trying to get them to learn about, about your chapter members or the leaders in your chapter. Or even it could be content related, like maybe you have them pick a certain range plant. And so that's what, and they have to showcase where that range plant would grow and collect them all. So maybe there's similar range plants that are all desirable by cattle. So they're gonna include those pictures. That could be really fun. And then in the description, they include like um, things about that plant that can help a person identify that. Yeah, I was thinking too, maybe in a more advanced class of like an agronomy science. So maybe it's it's wheat, and then you have to talk about like what chemicals would you spray on it, mm, what yeah. um, you know different methods that you would you would use to collect it all. Maybe it's like a combine and a sprayer, and you know whatever you have. Yes, to accessories needed for that. I love that. So we've already modified it for you, friends. See, the, um, this is literally our conversation all day every yeah. day. So. There's so much in this episode that we didn't plan to say, but that's just because once we get talking about something, our brains don't shut off. So, I mean, as long as it works in your favor, everybody. Um, okay, one quick thing, you know, talking about 
uh, learning about your kids is called We Connect Cards. And we'll put the link in our show notes to these, but they're just great little cards to create conversations that matter, as you know what the cards say. Conversations that matter. It, you can find them at www.weand.me. You can also find them on Amazon. And only because I just recently bought a set. They're $25, mm-hmm. but they're really nice cards and they're something you can have forever. So Yeah, they're like plasticky, like they're durable. But um, there's different levels of cards. Like there's purple cards, green cards, blue cards, and some of them are fun questions. Some of them are more in-depth questions. So you can decide uh, which what ones you want. But you give each kid a card and then they're going to walk around the room and ask the question on the card to the other person. So if Brianna and I are the start and she has one card and I have another card. So if my question sa- says, what would your closest friend say is your best character trait? Then she answers that. Then she asks her question to me, what is one of your greatest motivators in life? Then I'd answer it. Then we'd, we'd switch cards and we'd go find a new partner and you keep switching cards, finding new partners. Super fun. Great way to know your kids, participate with them. If you are in staff development, things like that, these are also fun to use with your you know, teachers, other ag teachers, um, great things. And it's, it's a ton of fun. Maybe you don't do them this way and you, you know, put some of these questions on a digital document if you're virtually and you have them answer them as a exit ticket or entrance ticket. You can also do videos. So maybe you use Flipgrid again and they answer these questions uh, in a video and then friends have to watch it and respond. So super cool. Yeah, I like those ones also. Nikki did it with our new teacher workshop and had all of us um, teachers within their first to third years at that act or at that event. And we kind of went around the room and, and asked each other those questions too, which was fun because we don't always know those first year teachers very well. So just something to get you up and moving and and talking and it's something you can do with your students all year long like maybe you have 15 minutes left at the end of a class period and you have them do them or you know yeah however it works um the last one that i'm going to talk about today is a play-doh activity that i do so i have tons of things of play-doh because i use it a lot with in my classes actually to make models but you can also make it there's tons of recipes online where you can make your own play-doh or have your students make their own play-doh but essentially what I do is I have each student make something out of Play-Doh that represents them. And I got this from Make Learning Magical, the book. It's super awesome. If you have not read that book, you need to. Uh, it's by Tisha Richmond. She is, she is a former culinary arts teacher, and now she is a technology integration, integration specialist. But so she very under, much understands how CTE works. I apologize for that. Apparently, we're still in session with those bells in my classroom. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I always forget about those when I'm recording. But anyways, um, she understands how CTE works and how getting students up and moving is, is key. So I have them each make their own um, item out of Play-Doh that represents them, and they all share. And then I have them group up, typically three to four students, and then they have to share in that group what what represents them and then they also have to together as a group of three or four however many students make one thing that represents all of them 
as a group. So they have to kind of find something that, that they have in common. Nikki kind of does a fun activity with Play-Doh a little bit differently. If you want to explain the questions that you do along with your Play-Doh. Yeah, so I'm going to, I just read a prompt to them and they get about two to three minutes to sculpt something that represents them to answer that prompt. And then, you know, we go around the room and share. You could also just have them share to groups. Um, so some examples is what were you doing one week ago from today? What is one thing you are excited about this school year? What's one rule every student should follow in Miss Fiddledye's class? They usually make safety glasses if they if they know if they know me because I'm a stickler about that. So I just have ten prompts. Uh, we'll link that as well. So we just do both Brianna and I do it a little bit differently, and it's pretty cool. I'm going to move on to one activity I've yet to do, but I I bought it on Teachers Pay Teachers, and it is from the, that sweet teacher. We'll put that in a link. It's $2 and 50 cents. And it's a get, it's a back to school, get to know you activity. And it's using hydro flask stickers. So your kids love hydro flask. They love putting stickers everywhere. You as an ag teacher might be the same way. And basically kids are going to create a sticker um, or multiple stickers that you know, represent them. So basically they're going to just design their hydro flask and the stickers that they put on there. There's different colors of hydro flasks and it's another great way to get to know who your students are. So we'll link that as well. I'm excited because I know so many of my kids are into that. So it's just going to speak to them. Uh, so I'm pumped to use that and it's like $2 and 50 cents. So why not? Uh, okay. Moving on. I have a few more to share. And these are just simple activities that can be done at any time. But the first one is the earthquake activity. This is in the more activities that teach book that will link. It, it uses problem solving and working together. So students are going to be given different group roles. So one role is a counselor, one role is a general, a scientist, a corporate executive, a doctor, a tour guide, there's multiple. So you're gonna divide your students into teams of seven and you're gonna hand out a copy of the story to each person. If you have less kids, you can just eliminate a role. It's a group role, you just decide which one you eliminate, it's not a big deal. And you're gonna read the story and have them follow along as you read when you finish the story, you're gonna give each group seven strips of paper. On each strip of paper, you, and it's gonna have a different role. So I just copy this book and then I cut them out. I'm gonna read the story. And you're gonna get the gist here about what this activity is all about. It's called Trapped. You are part of a group from the United States that is attending the United Nations Conference on World Problems. The group is touring a biological research facility. While the group is waiting in a completely bare room for, for some equipment to be brought to them, the building begins to shake and alarm sounds. The doors to the room shut and lock automatically and your group is trapped. The earthquake causes a storage container in the next room to begin leaking. The storage container holds a liquid biological weapon that was left over from previous military research. When it comes in contact with human skin, it causes permanent blindness, a one-year 
loss of speech, and a three-year paralysis from the neck down. A chemical easily, the chemical easily passes through clothing, including shoes. There is enough liquid in the storage container to seep under the door and completely cover the floor of the room that you are in with a thin film of chemical. It will take about 15 minutes for the entire floor to be covered. As the liquid begins to spread, the tour guide takes out a pocket knife and pries off the cover of the light fixture. The cover is made of a material that can't be bent or cut, but can withstand the effects of the, the chemical. The only problem is the light cover is very small. Your group must figure out how many people you can protect by having them stand on the light cover. The chemical is dangerous for only a short period of time. If you can keep the people in your group from touching the floor for a period of 30 seconds, they will be safe. Anyone who touches the floor after the liquid has reached them will become blind, mute, and paralyzed. How many of your group can you protect? If not everyone, then which ones will you protect? What strategy will you use to get people on the light cover? Hurry. There are only 15 minutes left for your group to make and carry out your plans. So they get read that story and now there's their each their group roles has different things about them, like their age, you know. So the scientist, he's 65 years old. You've been working on a space program for 30 years. You are the key individual for the space station. You've been working on the air recycling system for the space, space, space station. Just before leaving for the conference, you told the other staff members that an answer has been found. You will tell them your findings right after the United Nations conference. So they, they start to have these debates on, well, if the scientist you know, touches the liquid, he's gonna be blind, mute, and paralyzed how, you know, how does this work? Well, if he's mute, he can't tell, you know, can he tell a story about these, this answer? And so they start to determine who are they going to save? And it's really interesting of their problem solving and their reasoning behind it. It's super fun to watch. Uh, you can have a, a huge discussion afterwards. Great, maybe officer retreat activity. So that's the earthquake activity. The next one is the marble tunnel. You can basically any like minute to win it games are super fun to use too, but basically you break your students into teams and you set a piece of tape in one location, like in the gym, and then you put another location down farther. And they're each going to get paper towel tubes and a marble. So their goal is to start at the starting line and they have to put the marble in the paper towel tube and line up shoulder to shoulder and move the paper towel tube or move the marble through all the different paper towel tubes. And they keep rotating themselves through until they can get the marble to the end. If they drop the marble, they have to start over. So super, a super fun one about working together, teamwork, problem solving. It's really frustrating. <laughs> it seems like it would be easy and it really is not. The last one uh, is the Mr. Potato Head activity that I did at my officer retreat. I'll put uh, the materials in there. Have them create a Mr. Potato Head that represents what they did this summer. Have them create a Mr. Potato Head that represents the things they're excited for this school year. So you can modify that 
And that could be done where you send those materials home to the kids and they cut them out and then they present it uh, virtually as well. We are going to, did I miss anything, Brianna? Do we have our whole list? I think that's all of them. Okay. Uh, very lengthy list, but we hope that you can at least use one thing that we talked about today. And a lot of them can be modified for virtual or hybrid or in-person, however your school year looks. Yeah. And we are going to throw so much items and links in our show notes. So make sure you go to the Google Drive and check those out. We hope that you find something that's usable and you you use that with your kids in, in your classroom. If you do, make sure you take pictures and uh, post them on Facebook and you can tag and Instagram and you can tag here by the owl podcast or use the hashtag here by the owl podcast. And so we can see what, what you've created. Make sure you like our pages on Instagram and Facebook and uh, check out, check out the show notes. So thank you.